When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Welcome to Stumps. Yes, welcome to Stumps on a Saturday evening. Great to have your company on what has been largely a disastrous day for the Australian cricket team. They are in the process of mounting something resembling a recovery at the moment, but it was long overdue. So Darren Park and his My Name Move Hughes out of action this evening, but we do have another member of the Fast Bowlers Club, 123 test match wickets in 38 tests, including, of course, the famous 41 at 12.85. Rodney Hogg joins us. Hoggy, nice to have you on the program. Thanks, Darren. Good to see you, mate. Now, uh, it's been an interesting day. Australia making these batting collapses, uh, uh, unfortunately, an all-too-regular occurrence in the last probably four to five years, and a couple of notable ones against South Africa, and this one particularly, uh, particularly ugly after uh, losing the toss and getting sent in? Well, it was a sort of a day... I don't think captains these days like to uh, to put the opposition in, but I think with the overcast mm. conditions and obviously a fair bit of green around and the threat of rain, um, Duplessis said, well, let's let's put them in and see what's going on, especially when you've, you've not just mm. knocked a side over. So you're on a bit of a roll. Let's have another go at this mob. And uh, he's done that. And we're, not, we're knocked over for 85. We just can't seem to... Turn it round, can we? Uh, the Australian batting line, you talked about mm-hmm. a lot of disasters. Well, yeah, that's fine. That Little chunks of wickets happen in games, but we seem to have big chunks. Nobody yeah. seems to be able to turn it round. Yeah. Smith was the only one today who could occupy the crease for a period of time. So um, it was looking very ugly at lunch, but then Mitchell stuck him out after lunch and got three quick wickets, was brilliant bowling. And so Australia's not out of the game at the moment. Now, as it stands, so Australia all out 85. Steve Smith made 48 not out from that score, so a complete lone hand. South Africa were none for 43, as uh, Hoggy said. They're now four for 120. So it's a lead of 35 with six wickets in hand. The key man is Hashim Amlari had a double failure in Perth, and you sense that that was never going to happen again with a, a player of his standing. He's 44 not out and, and batting really nicely at the moment. And Bavuma, who looks a real talent, a very impressive game in Perth for him. A, a nice half century, fielded well, bowled well. Now he's 19 not out and, and looking okay at the crease in difficult conditions. It was Mitchell Stark that took three wickets in about five minutes straight after that break, two in the first over after uh, after T in actual fact. He got both openers out. So Australia back in the game. Are we thinking that restricts South Africa under 250? Then they probably get the better of the batting conditions on days two and three to try to muster something? Well, what you're seeing here at the moment with the mm. uh, South Africans, they're doing what we can't do. They In the first test match, they were three for 20-odd in the first mm. innings. Mm-hmm. And we in Australia going, oh, happy days. This game yeah. might go far. I think in Sri Lanka, we knocked Sri Lanka over for 100. And then uh, the first test match in Sri Lanka. Yeah. So... Uh, but when we get a bit of a run, and we can't turn it around, but at the moment, the South African batsmen are turning it around. So mm-hmm. 
Um, they lost three quick weeks, and they lost a fourth. So it looked like, you know, gee, we might knock them over for 140. But, you know, still a lot of work to do. And that's what we can't bring to the table at the moment. The Australian cricket team can't bring it where you turn around. Perhaps you haven't got the class that the, the South Africans have got because Amler is really classy. And I guess, I mean, Callum Ferguson, you, you feel for him a little bit. He was run out on a misfield on a direct hit from a, uh, a fair way out on debut. So... He probably he wasn't dismissed by a bowler. He actually flicked it. It was a substitute wicketkeeper that was yeah, actually out on the field. Yeah. Uh, not allowed to field. No, like that's that, right. He misfielded um, down through the uh, <clears throat> down through the backward point region, and then actually had a direct hit from about two thirds of the way to the boundary, which ran Callum Ferguson out for three. So, obviously, a little bit stiff when you get dismissed like that on debut. Well, I will say just one thing on that. No, I don't want to be overcritical, mm. but I'll just be a little bit. You he's don't run playing, on a misfield? He's been pl- no, no. Well, <laughs> as you said, he hit the side of the stump. So mm. um, amazing. But um, 12 years of first-class cricket, you go out to inspect these wickets, and the side, the wicket next mm-hmm. to this pitch is very lush green. Mm-hmm. So you're going to know, um, running between the wickets, you're, you're going to go out and have a look at that. You look at the pitch, and you yeah. look at the surrounds, and you think to yourself, hang on a minute, I've got to be a little bit careful if I want to go for that really quick too. Mm-hmm. Because it's going to be a little bit slippery, and that's what happened to Callum today, unfortunately. Because he was looking a little, he was starting to look all right. Mm. I know it's only three runs, but he was actually occupying the crease yeah. and staying side on. Uh, the other guys couldn't. Uh, the earlier batsmen were just knocked over too easily. So he was, but lush green and just slipped a little bit, and unfortunately just uh, out by. But there's the luck. The luck's not mm. quite going our way because Warner, in the history of the game, and I saw articles in the paper that run yeah, out yeah. in the first Test match and. But when he went for a silly run in the history of the game, he would have made that run every time. That's yep. the only time that freakish bit of fielding too. No one in the history of yeah. game could have done what. Uh, be- That's a Viv Richards, Bavuma. Yeah, it was Viv Richards type work that he was used to do back in the day. So, um, well, so Viv would be about the only one who could yep. do what Bavuma. Jonty Rhodes, maybe the only other. No yeah. white bloke could do what he did. No, <laughs> no can't buy that. <laughs> That's a fair I call. Can't jump. <laughs> it was. Uh, it was incredibly athletic as Bavuma smashed. Max one away, uh, cuts it uh, just in front of point for four, just raced to the boundaries. So he's 24, not out, four for 125, lead of 40 to South Africa, Stark three for 39. I guess the other one, Joe Many on debut. What have you observed of his bowling so far in this match? He's created a few chances. I actually thought with the bat he defended reasonably well and just copped a, a jaffer from Philander, which got him out just after lunch. Well, but, he went straight up to yeah. number eight. Mm. So he jumped in front of Stark. Stark's yeah. gone a little bit backwards with the bat. So we've been pretty poor with the tail lately. Yeah. Um, so he's jumped in there. He looked he looked quite good. And I think that's one of the reasons why he might have been pushed ahead of, say, Sayers and uh, Bird, because he can come into eight and look all right. Look, it's perfect conditions for many but it's always pretty hard. And the man who sit, usually sits in his seat, Mervyn Hughes, mm. his figures are sensational because he never really got the new ball. It was always, um, mm-hmm. say, McDermott and Alderman and some of the other blokes he played with got the new ball. So the first change bowler doesn't get the uh, the crack with the brand new ball. So sometimes that can be one, can cost you one or two mm. wickets a game. So Manny's looking good, um, perfect conditions for him, but he's not going to be used as much as, say, Stark and uh, Hazelwood, and he's not getting the new ball. So he looks all right, um, but he's got to maintain pressure for us. We've only got the uh, three quicks in this game and, and, and Lyon. And, and pe- for people who are not watching this game, Lion, it's the first day of a, uh, well, obviously the first day of the test down at Hobart, a little bit of grass, and Lion has, when he was over the wicket, was turning it two feet, mm. turning it two feet, but he's decided to go around the wicket, which um, uh, really, to me, was he went, went went ahead a little bit early on that. I would have just stayed over the wicket because he was turning it sharply two feet and jumping. 
you've made that observation on Stark, his bowling action as well, uh, in, in regards to the propensity for, for angles and, and some of the restrictions that that puts upon him, although he's just flicked it back now. Well, I don't, um, you know, Mitchell Stark, um, I feel if he goes around the wickets or a right-hand batsman in a one-day game with that white ball, mm-hmm. happy birthday for him because he'll knock, the way he's going, he'll knock, it, knock him over straight away. Mm-hmm. But in test cricket, over after over after over, um, how long will his career <coughs> survive if he's prepared to continually go around the wicket? It takes mm-hmm. so much more out of it. It's hard enough to bowl fast over yeah. the wicket, but everything's going nicely in a roll and you just weave off the wicket. But when you go around the wicket, you've got to come back to get off the wicket. Mm-hmm. So as you let the ball go, you've then got to go back off the wicket and your and your body's not in a nice, smooth, um, mm-hmm. well, not staying side on. You're a little bit front on when you bowl. So I don't believe um, there's a long career there if he's prepared to keep going around the wicket. It limits LBWs, got that angle towards leg side to right-handers as well, you'd think, but also even the nicks, the natural order of nicks, if you're angling it into the body to then jag it off into the slips would be restricted well, as well. Well, in the history, He takes the, a lot of wickets. In the history of the game, yeah. we haven't seen... Uh, um, a left arm, well, let's just say a fast bowler, go around the wicket as much as what we're seeing Stark. Mm-hmm. He does it very effectively when, uh, say, day four and day five, when the mm-hmm. ball's going to reverse for you. He's brilliant at that. But we're, we're looking at day one here. I want to see, I, I personally want to see my, my left arm quick with the ball go, just on off stump or just mm-hmm. um, just a little bit outside off stump going across at that pace, straight across. You're looking to use that slips, Gordon, mm-hmm. which you won't go. He's, he's more searching for a court behind behind or say a bowl he's not going to get an lbw i don't think so lb but then again i suppose he's not going to get many lbws he's always going to pitch a little bit outside left but outside leg stump but he is you are taking out your say your three or four slips in a gully a little bit because you're not going across the batsman we're going to go to hobart uh, next adam smith will join us from the hobart mercury just to wrap day one they've had more play probably than they anticipated they were going to get there was a minor rain delay in the first session that lasted 20 minutes or so but relatively smooth sailing there's a bit of weather around, as is often the case in Tasmania for the next few days. John Holland, uh, informed Victorian spinner, played for Australia in Sri Lanka. He took seven wickets in their recent route of Queensland and looks in really good touch and wouldn't be entirely out of the reckoning for further Australian honours, so we'll have a chat to him a bit later on. want to get the thoughts of uh, Rodney Hogg as well, and a man who started his career in similar fashion to Hoggy, and that is Vernon Philander, who's absolutely dominating as it stands at the moment. We'll discuss that and more. It is South Africa, four for 128, leading Australia by 43 runs after the Aussies bowled out for 85. Full pitch and bang! Bang, bang, bang! It's gone! You're listening to Stumps. Knocks him over with pace! Real pace! You're listening to Stumps. Welcome back to Stumps. Great to have your company here. It is 18 minutes past 5 o'clock and South Africa are 4 for 132, a lead of 47 runs. Down there in Tasmania covering all of the action. Adam Smith from the Mercury in Hobart. Chat about what has been a fascinating day's cricket, it must be said. Adam, thanks for your time. Uh, thanks for having us, guys. Been a pretty eventful day. I think Hoggy was telling me off-air that last year the Test match in Hobart was 3 for 438 at Stumps. Uh, been a much different day today. Yeah, absolutely. I think from uh, the moment you woke up this morning and looked outside and saw the overhead conditions, it was always going to be a case of uh, the ball generally will do a little bit down here, and it's uh, certainly been proven. I think, obviously, Faf had no hesitation in bowling first, and uh, that first sort of 45 minutes to an hour of play was uh, pretty diabolical at times in the Australian. 
How's that weather going, Adam? Apparently, if it comes from the east, it uh, can really set in. It's, is it um, still looking threatening? I know the, the media, the uh, weatherman's telling us it's going to be all wet tomorrow, but just for the rest of the day's play. Yeah, it surprisingly has actually held off today. It was sort of earlier in the week, it looked like today was going to be the day, but it sort of everything got held back uh, an extra day and got pushed forward. So um, we, it looks like we're going to get through today. There's still 12 and a half over schedule. I think only about half an hour of play left, so I'm not sure if we'll get all the overs in. But um, other than that sort of 13-minute delay in the first session, we will get a full day, and unfortunately it probably won't be the same tomorrow looking at the radar. Things not really going that well for Tasmania this year. We've got a test match that it's threatening to have a full day washed out, and Tasmanian cricket's probably been uh, um, just at its lowest ebb I've, since I've uh, followed them in in Shield cricket. Uh, yeah, it hasn't been a great start to the season for the Tigers. Another wicket's just gone down there. Amla's just nicked off behind, so that's a big wicket for, uh, mm-hmm. for the Australians there. Um, yeah, not not the best to start, and I, I guess the, uh, there's been a lot of talk sort of around the problems of what's going on and I think just the, the lack of flight has been the biggest disappointment that you can handle losing if it's a team in transition and they want to put some young kids in but I guess when you know the heavy defeat to the hands of South Australia by an innings and in three days that, that, that's the most disappointing aspect of it all. Were you able to see that dismissal of Amla then? Yes, I was. Yeah, yeah. yeah he sort of just uh, flashed at a wide ball that he probably has been leaving them alone. He's looked pretty good up until then, so that's a big breakthrough. Well, it was a, a Hazelwood's got the wood on him, and it looked like a one-day shot. The ball's well wide of the off stump, and he's and short of a length to really be driving it. So, great breakthrough by Hazelwood. Absolutely, yes. And, uh, get, uh, obviously, the cop comes in now, and if they can... Uh, get him cheaply and get him to the tail, there could be a chance that, that they could limit the lead to, uh, you know, sort of under 80, 70 runs, which would be pretty handy from the position that they're in with the bat. Hmm. And then, uh, obviously, if the weather holds off, say, day three, we know tomorrow's a bit of an issue, they might end up getting the best of the batting conditions, potentially? Yeah, so so um, Monday looks like there might be uh, the shower clearing, so if the rain is heavy tomorrow, as predicted, and, and wipes it all out, it might clear for Monday, and, and Tuesday and Wednesday look pretty fine, and, and history's shown down here that when the sun comes out, uh, the swing dies down, and it can be a great place to bat, and I think Adam Voges uh, proved that last year with 260. So if Australia can limit the damage and, and get into a second innings and actually show a bit of fight, um, they could be match on still. Well, that's the big thing, as you just said, then, about the sun coming out. Now, if the overcasting conditions stay like they did against New Zealand a few years down there, a few years ago down there when they knocked us over, the overcast conditions stayed there the whole time and the ball seemed for the, full, for the entire test match. Yeah, it did, and I guess it, I think that was the uh, the, the pitch that was uh, dubbed the Incredible Hulk, being uh, a very green tinge to it. So, but uh, generally, it's always is the overhead. If, if the clouds about, then the ball swings. And when you've got a uh, a first class attack, and it was just it played into uh, into Fernandez. Uh, uh, right in his hands today. He sort of had the ball nipping around everywhere and got his just rewards. He's a star. Did you see that pitch against New Zealand a few years I back? Did. I is it similar did. to this one? No, this one looks is, is, is definitely not as green. Um, I think sort of the, as the preparation's gone over the last few years, he's been able to sort of have a bit more hardness to it. And it always, all the players do say in the pre-match that 
it generally looks a lot worse than it is because he just rolls some clippings in it just to keep it all together a bit more. So, um, obviously, the movement's there, but, yeah, it's not... This one's definitely... It's needs to be showed that if you're willing to dig in, you can score runs on it. It's just unfortunate that he didn't have any helpers today. And George Bailey got a big score in this last Shield game. Um, how's he? Uh, how's his form? Is he uh, the same player that he got a chance a couple of years ago uh, at test level and didn't quite nail it? Do you feel he's a better player now than what he was? Uh, it's interesting. I, mean, I, saw, I haven't obviously seen him live this year because they've been on the road for the first two games. I'm not sure if you've seen any um, vision of him mm. facing up, but he actually has his back almost fully turned to the bowler, which is, uh, we noticed last year he was closing himself off a little bit more. And I think, as you know, from our aspect, it was to get a bit close to the line because I think he might have had a tendency to, uh, to nick the ball a little bit outside off stumps. So, but it seems to have got a little bit more exaggerated in the Chivner and Shandapal kind of mould, but in the opposite direction. So, but I guess he proved against the Redbacks that that's working. 140 not out was a, a great inning. We are also looking at uh, Nathan Lyon, and we saw a little bit from Maharaja when he bowled the four overs that uh, it is actually turning quite extensively on the uh, on the opening day. Yeah, and Marcus Panthon, the curator, did say yesterday that when, when there is steam in the pitch, the ball will turn, but he doesn't expect it to break up enough to play a significant part as the day goes on. So you probably won't see the big foot marks or the wear and tear that you can get on some decks around the country. What sort of a crowd have you got down there? What were you expecting? Obviously, the weather's probably reduced it, but are you happy with the figures down there today? Uh, yeah, they've just put up a, a figure that was just under 8,000, which is probably fantastic given the uh, the forecast from the first couple of days and especially early with the, a little bit of drizzle around sort of half an hour before the start of play may have turned a few off. But full day's play, and I don't think they could argue of not getting their money's worth for those that turned out. Talk us through Philander. Got, uh, well, he got shirt-fronted in a sense by Smith and, and was lugged off the ground. Um, what was the What was the word from the dressing room? Uh, I think it was the shoulder. Uh, it, it sort of looked—it uh, was sort of uh, something you'd see in an AFL game in the Kangaroos when they come down here during yeah. the winter. But uh, yeah, look, he went down and it looked pretty bad from the press box. But and look, like at the time he was holding his ribs. But we got official word that they uh, the scans came back all clear and it was just uh, assessing his shoulder. And he, he bowled during the break um, in the lunch break and then came back out and obviously got that five uh, with the last couple of wickets um, of the innings. So I think he's all fine and, and good to go. Yeah. Lightning nearly struck twice for South Africa, losing Dale Stain to a shoulder in the first test. Philander was able to come back, as you said, and finish them off. South Africa 5 for 133. Add a couple more to that as uh, Quinton de Kock gets off the mark. Adam, thank you very much for joining us on the program. No worries. Thanks for having me. Adam Smith there from the Hobart Mercury. Uh, we'll have a chat to Wayne Phillips a bit later on. John Holland also to join us next. But uh, the lead is 50 as it stands at the moment, uh, with uh, Hashim Amlar dismissed for 47. Court Neville Bold Hazelwood, who has two wickets. Stark has three wickets. Quinton de Kock is two not out. Bavuma is 29 not out. And Nathan Lyon operating at the moment. Quinton de Kock has just lashed that one away through, uh, I guess, a vacant gully sort of region. It's just uh, held up a little bit, but it uh, will go all the way for four. So uh, he'll move to six not out. Bavuma, 29 not out. And uh, he's probably going to get confirmation from the third umpire, but it looked like that touched the rope. I think they probably just about completed four in any case. So South Africa's lead, 54 runs. We'll get to a break. John Holland, Victorian and Australian spinner to join us on the other side of this. It's Darren Parkin with Rodney Hogg. The other test match at uh, lunch on the fourth day. India 6 for 411 on a virtual road against England. who made 537, but we'll have a chat about that one as well. And even how Pakistan are going on their tour of New Zealand, given they come to our shores next. This is Stumps. Ah! Not 
Vucic and bang! Bang, bang, bang! It's gone! Welcome to Stumps. Yes, welcome to Stumps. Great to have your company, South Africa. Fighting against Australia, the Aussies are working their way back into the contest. South Africa are 5 for 141, a lead of 56 after routing Australia for 85 earlier today. Bavuma, 29, not out. Quinton de Kock is on 7, having replaced Hashim Amla, who was dismissed for 47. A man who uh, toured Sri Lanka, picked up five wickets across his first two test matches in his career and has started the Victorian summer very well with 11 wickets in two Shield games, including 4 for 32 and 4 for 46 in the innings belting of Queensland. Is John Holland, who joins us on the program. And, John, nice to be speaking to you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Must be uh, happy with the uh, with the form overall. Have you had a chance to uh, to watch the progress of the Australians? I guess that would be somewhat sobering. Yeah, I'm just I've just uh, turned it on. Actually, I'm down at the uh, Dingley Sports Club, so we're flicking between the cricket and the races, and <laughs> you know, they're not going too well, which is a little bit disappointing for Australian cricket. But you know, they're still in with a chance. If five down, I think you know they bat well in the second innings. Anything can happen. John, what are you doing different? Uh, are you doing something different from last year to now with your bowling? Uh, uh, obviously, the experience of the Sri Lankan tour and hanging around uh, Harris. Uh, what are you doing that might be different? Uh, I'm not doing a, a lot different, but um, just being down over in Sri Lanka and trying to adapt to those conditions. We worked on a few things with like lower arm and, and bowling a bit quicker and into the wicket. And I brought a few of those things back here and, and worked on them during the pre-season. And, and it just adds a bit more variety to my bowling. And even though the conditions are different here, they still you know, just add something different. A little bit of good news for you. The Sydney Cricket Ground, uh, I think because of their lack of fast bowls in Sydney, they've just decided to prepare spinning wickets at the SCG. So that might be a nice one for you. When do we, we go up there in a couple of weeks' time, I think? Yeah, no, we're going uh, next Wednesday. The game starts Thursday. Um, looking at the highlights, it was, you know, wicket was doing a fair bit. Um, some foot marks and even even the middle of the wicket, when um, they were bowling to that, there was a bit of puff of dust and, and that sort of stuff coming up. So hopefully it's the same. I think um, Paddy Cummins is coming back in for them, so they might roll up, try and roll up something a little bit different. But hopefully um, we get up there and, and the wicket's similar to what they played on last game and you know, we can get a couple of spinners in and Maxi and Farlight and, and hopefully go all right. Well, that's great for you because, um, you know, to start the season off so well at the moment and go up and support your figures with some more good figures would be uh, fantastic. And especially uh, the Sydney Test match, they'll certainly uh, be looking for a bit of variety, the Aussie selectors. So there's a Test match in Sydney you can be looking at and then there's a tour to India. So uh, the things are looking pretty rosy this season for you. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Um, you know, playing with Victoria, we've had some... Um, some good success the first two games and you know with Scotty Bowen and, and Chris Tremaine and, and Sid's in the first game we didn't have him in the second but they're bowling beautifully and you know they're, they're a level above above other quicks around around the place and to, to put the uh, opposition on the back foot like they do and, and get a few early wickets it makes my job a lot easier with um, with coming on and, and bowling when the team's under pressure and, and the same goes with our batters. Uh, Whitey's in great form and Marcus Harris coming over from WA. We've, we've been able to put a lot of runs on the board and 
you know, it allows us to have attacking fields and, and bowl with the batsmen under pressure, which which has really helped me with the first two games so far this season. Can you take us back to that tour of Sri Lanka? I mean, as I understand it, was the timeline something like you received a phone call one day, were on the plane the next day, and then played in the test match the day after that, or, or something along those lines? How, how much of a challenge was it, and what did you personally take from, from that experience? Oh, yeah, yeah, it was pretty difficult. Um, like coming into a new team, unfamiliar surroundings, um, different conditions, all that sort of thing. It was it was pretty difficult, but it was a great experience. Um, you know, I, I had to try and adapt pretty quickly. I didn't have much experience in the subcontinent. And, um, you know, it was, a, it, was a, it was a great experience. I learned a lot. And, I, you know, I had a great time. Obviously, every kid's dreams to play for Australia, and I got that opportunity, you know. And uh, my old man was over there, and it was, you know, I, had a, I had a great time. So... To bring some of that stuff I've learned back here, it's really helped me so far this season. And you know, I'd love I'd love another crack at the at the top level as as most people would to try and compete against the best players around the world. So you know, hopefully I can keep continuing the form I'm in at the moment and, and take some wickets. We keep hearing uh, that Aussies can't play spin that well, and we've shown we don't play it that well. And we hear that Ferguson and Hanscom are brilliant players of spin. What what are your thoughts on those two guys? Oh look, I think um, you know Pete Hanscom is you know he's, I bowl to him a lot in the nets and he's a great player, a great player of spin. He, he goes back, he go, he comes down the wicket, he, um, he looks to attack, he can score off spin. But the big thing, like people, you know they they hang a bit of bit of crap on our on our batsmen against spin, but we're just not exposed to the conditions that you get over in the subcontinent. Um, you know it's easy to run down the wicket and hit a bloke over the top in Australian conditions because the pitches aren't turning. So it's, it's a different game when you get over there. And I think the more our batsmen are exposed into those conditions, that they're going to improve and they're going to have things to work on and, and hopefully they get better. And if we stick with them and, and back them in, I, I've got no doubt that they will get better and, and their success will come over in the subcontinent. Obviously, different conditions in Sri Lanka, but I, I felt your, you know, the guys were so quick to try and sweep you. Here in Australia, the Australian batsmen don't sweep anywhere near as much as they used to. I don't feel you. You might disagree with that. Oh uh, yeah, look, look, Alex um, Ross from South Australia. He's a, he's a great sweeper. Um, I, I bowled against him a few times, and it, and I find it really difficult to bowl to people who sweep. Um, where we are, you know, in, in Australia. Balls that they're sweeping, we're defending, which is bringing in wickets, you know, blokes in close and, and slip and, and caught and bowl at LBWs, all that sort of thing. So, yeah, maybe we could try and uh, no, sweep a little bit more, but it's just going outside your game plan, really. If, you, if you're not a sweeper, then you, you don't sweep. So maybe it's something that the, the batsman can work on. Um, but, yeah, definitely over there. The opposition did sweep a lot. But that allows you to dominate a little bit more if blokes aren't sweeping you. Anyway, having said that, um, a lot of, not so much criticism, Matty Wade um, had a good uh, good 12 months with the Baggy Green, hasn't played for the Baggy Green for a while. How's he at the moment with his keeping? I think he's improved a lot. Um, no, he's, he's one of the hardest workers in our team, both batting and, and wicket-keeping. Um, you know, he went over to the West Indies and, and Sri Lanka in the one-day stuff and, and kept really well. So I think, you know, it's not too far away from him. Um, he's, a, he's a great batter and he'd definitely fit in and probably make Mitch Marsh's job easier too. You could probably bat Wadey at six and Mitch at seven. So I think they, the selectors would definitely be looking at getting Matty Wade back into the, in the Australian colours.
Yep, and there's um, obviously uh, the way the Australian are batting at the moment, and Cam White's performances are quite outstanding. Um, Cam, how you how do you feel at the moment? Cam White's place, um, even even for a recall to the Test team. Oh, I'd love to see Cam play in Test cricket for Australia. Um, you know, he's great around our team. He's a, he's a leader. He was, he was a very successful captain of Victorian cricket. And you know, when I first came into the squad, he was the captain. He's helped me out a lot. I'd, I'd love to see him. He's batting beautifully. Keeps making runs under pressure. Um, you know, I think he knows his game so well that if he got the opportunity, I'm sure I've got no doubt he'd do very well playing Test cricket for Australia. Did you get a bit of a shock? Uh, the the Vicks have won the last two Shields, and we've won the first two games of the year. So the so around the rooms, there must be a bit of a buzz, and you know exactly what's going on. Did you get a bit of a shock in the Australian dressing rooms? Did you feel it was a little bit different in those rooms? Uh, yeah. I, um, I t- it's hard. It's hard to really to, to say, but you know, playing for Victoria is a completely different feel than what it was playing for Australia. Coming to a team where. You know, I, I haven't been there before. I don't really know the people that well. As Victoria, I spend just about every day with the blokes I'm playing with. You know, we love playing together. We love playing for Victoria, and, and we've had a lot of success, which, you know, when you're winning, everyone knows you're having a lot more fun than when you're losing. So um, to go over there and, and play in, in Sri Lanka and, you know, up against it and, and not playing very well was you know, a completely different feel to what I've experienced at Victoria. And Glenn Maxwell's bowling, Australia's desperately searching for an all-rounder and, and uh, might be Mitch Marsh when we're on uh, seeming wickets, but when we go to the subcontinent, we're, we're searching for that all-rounder. That's usually, that could be Glenn Maxwell. How's his bowling going? Oh, yeah, well, everyone knows Max is a very talented cricketer with bat and ball in the field as well. So, look, I have no doubt that he'd be able to perform at the, at the next level as a spinning all-rounder. Um, so, but I guess that's up to the Australian selectors and, and where they want to go with the team. And just as a final one for me, a fair bit of depth in that Victorian lineup. You look at guys that have battled to get games. I mean, Maxwell didn't play the first Shield game. Stoinis has obviously been one. Bobby Quiney uh, being another one in there. You've had Dan Christian sort of in and out of the side. You spoke about even Farwood Ahmed as another of the spinning options. So uh, obviously a lot of depth, but that also creates pressure for spots, which is going to bring the best out in you guys. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we've got a great squad down in Victoria. Um, heaps of players, heaps of batting ability, bowling ability. Um, you know, we could there could be three or four blokes that have got a case that they should be playing in the um, in the Shield team at the moment. So it does put a lot of pressure on on the players in the team, but that also makes everyone work a little bit harder and and try and com- contain their spot in the team. So you know, it's a great thing in Victoria. Um, you know, we've won two Shields in a row. We're going for that third Shield that. No Victorian team's ever done, and we know we're going to press really hard for that, and, and hopefully we can get there. And lucky last, uh, we always ask these questions of players that have recently played for Australia. How much contact and, and conversation is there from selectors in regards to, obviously, you've come home from Sri Lanka. Uh, they, they're more likely to play one spinner in Australia, which is likely to be Nathan Lyon, as we know. But is there regular conversations after Shield games where they're like, that's exactly what we want to see. We want more of this. We want less of this. Uh, we think you're, you're in the frame. You're next in line, that sort of stuff. Do you get those conversations? Oh, look, I'd love to say that I, I was getting those sort of conversations. But, um, <laughs> since I left Sri Lanka, I hadn't spoken to anyone. And then when they picked the first the first test team, Rod Marsh rang me when it must have just been coincidence that we were out warming up for the Shield stuff. I don't know if he knew that or not, and he <laughs> left a voicemail. So, um, 
<laughs> you know, I haven't spoken to Rod or anyone in regards to what's happening in the Australian team and where I stand, but you know, that's the way they operate and I'll just continue to play for Victoria and you know, I really enjoy playing for Victoria and I'm loving the start of the season that we've had, so I'll just keep doing that. Absolutely. I think there, there might be some opportunities ahead though. Uh, John, thank you very much for your time. Great start to the season and uh, hopefully it continues on. No worries. Thanks for having us. Well spoken, mate. Absolutely. John Holland there was terrific. And, yeah, that, that's, we sort of knew that answer because that's the answer that is always the answer. Uh, that, uh, <laughs> you got what you wanted. You were searching for that answer. Yeah, but, you that's, got a, it. but that, that's the thing. You, uh, that, that, that just seems strange to me. It seems you've just played for the national team. Uh, we're not going to select you this time, but um, off to your own devices. I, I thought that, that there should at least be regular, even emails or something, where they're just saying, look, um, we're monitoring your form. We've got a guy watching you every time you play. Thought this spell was particularly good. A little bit more variety required, this sort of thing. Uh, we've got pitches coming up in Adelaide and Sydney that might suit you. If you do this, you might get a game. It wouldn't be that hard to do that, would it? <laughs> now, you're, now, you're supposed <laughs> to know that uh, you went to Sri Lanka. You got the opportunity because it's a spinning wicket. We're back in Australia it's now. not spinning wickets. They're not spinning we're only, wickets. We're so. only going to pick Nathan Lyon. So. <laughs> so just forget it, Sunshine. We're so, not yeah, which, which seems strange. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you would have thought they'd say... You're another version of Nathan Lyon. If Nathan Lyon loses form or gets injured, we'll pick you. But they might pick Adam Zampa. They might pick. Um, they might go back to Ashton Agar. They might pick uh, Stephen O'Keefe now that he's fit and taking wickets again. So yeah, I just don't think that'd be too much to ask. I will just uh, ask one little question on the on mm. the uh, and something I'm just starting to just sense a little bit. I might be wrong, but I just felt Ricky Ponning didn't handle Nathan Horrocks quite as well. I mm. thought Nathan Horrocks was starting to look like a pretty good spinner, mm. uh, but he, all of a sudden he was just gone. So mm. I hear other reports on him about other this and that, but you know, that doesn't yeah. matter. And I'm just wondering at the moment, um, Lyon seems to be just underutilized. Uh, yeah. Well, as his field placements with Steve Smith, has he got a good rapport with Steve Smith? Because under Steve Smith's captaincy, you know, I'm not. I, I want to see Steve Smith stay as captain. Mm-hmm. But is there an area where Nathan Lyon isn't quite as happy and as comfortable? Uh, because let's face it, Michael Clark manipulated the field around, seemed to have a, a pretty good uh, take on on adjusting fields and doing a few things. Um, as Lyon dropped off a bit because lacking confidence with some of the field placements. Uh, there's always been a school of thought, I guess, that post even Mark Taylor, that Australian spinners haven't always, Australian captains haven't always known how to use spinners, and it's just they've had Shane Warne at their disposal, which was fairly easy, throwing the ball, he does what he does. But particularly since then, Ponting, as you say, with Horrocks and whoever else has played for Australia under his tutelage in that time, that maybe they don't know exactly how to utilise them, setting fields, when to bowl them, how long to bowl. But Lyon did it pretty well under Michael Clark. But Michael Clark seemed to be from that Mark Taylor sort of cloth of captain. They're a little bit more creative and seem to have that sort of knack about him. Not saying necessarily a better captain than the others, but maybe conservative captains don't use spinners as well as others, perhaps. Or has the Mm. batsmen around the world just got on a little bit? They've sent a fair bit of Nathan Lyon now. Perhaps. Uh, They're sitting on him a bit more. He gets a lot of wickets caught a deep long on. Mm. um, And now they're saying, hey, hang on. I would stop trying to smack him. I would believe that... um, uh, in the history of the game, most blokes get the odd wicket caught it long on. Yeah, I would say he'd be ten percent. Yeah. I reckon he'd be ten percent of his yeah. wickets. People trying to hit him out of the ground. Now, have they sat around and said, "We're not, hey, hey, fellas." He's better than that. We're, you dummies, yeah. don't yeah. try and hit Nathan Lyon out of the ground. Hmm. So is that just uh, so? That takes usually Perhaps. comes on late in the you yeah. know seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, or eight, nine, ten, eleven. Try and hit him out of the park, and he picks up one or two there. So his figures go from say one or two for eighty to three or four for ninety-five, something like yeah. that. Yeah. So the figures look pretty good, but just at the moment, he's not 
giving us the wickets. And, and, and having said that, an off spinner hasn't got that much up his sleeve. They haven't no, really over-dominated. Because they don't turn it a long way, they, do they? They don't over-dominate cricket. Well, could John Holland, on form, give Australia more or not? Um I, or, would I you, or do you want a leggy? I, I wouldn't think he'd give more, yeah. but I've been of the belief that if we had a keeper that um, we're looking at Bairstow batting really, batting mm-hmm. at, say, six or seven for England, averaging 40, if you've got a keeper that can bat, um, Mitchell Marsh could be your first change quick. Instead of picking many, you could have gone with Mitchell Marsh. Mm-hmm. He's been underbold. So bat him at eight. Or seven or eight. So pick another batsman and pick Marsh as your third quick. Well, Wade bats at uh, Wade bats at six. Yeah, Marsh, uh, Marsh at, seven. at seven, and then you've got Three the ability to play. Yeah. No, no, another two quicks and then two spinners. Two spinners. Yeah. So then you've got Holland and Holland. Or would, you pick, or would you pick Maxwell to give you more batting depth as well, a second spinner? Uh, subcontinent. Well, then you've got the two offies. Yeah. You can't have yeah. Maxwell and Lyon in the same team. So mm. I've just believed that uh, over in Perth we had the four quicks and we had Lyon. They sat on Lyon. He didn't look like taking a wicket really. Mm. So then all of a sudden he ends up with none for 140. But if you've got the ability of a bit of uh, changing a few mm. things around, then you've got two spinners. So you've got the left-arm orthodox. And it allows the captain to show a bit of... Um, variety and, and mm. change a few things. South Africa 5 for 151. There's 6 over schedule. The Cox hit one very high in the air, but it's going to land between the fieldsmen. And in fact, it's actually going to go for 6, I think. It's just cleared the back of, in fact, 4. So bounce just inside the rope and then over for a boundary. So Quinton de Cox 20 not out. It was a dangerous shot. Bavuma 30 not out. Lead of 70. We'll get to a break. Plenty more after this. Full pitch and bang! Bang, bang, bang! It's gone! You're listening to Stumps. Listening to Stumps. Welcome back to Stumps. Darren Parkin here with Rodney Hogg for Sportsbet and the Sportsbet Punters Club available to you as well. And download the Sportsbet app now and gamble responsibly. South Africa are 5 for 160, which is a lead of 75 runs. I think we've got four overs left in the day's play or nine minutes, whatever comes first. Quinton de Kock is 25, not out. Bavuma is 30, not out. Hashim Amla, the pick of the batsman, <clears throat> with 47 so far after the openers had negotiated through till T without loss. They then both fell first over after T. But Australia routed for 85. Hoggy and Vernon Philander, for the fourth time, has picked up five wickets in an innings against Australia, and he is now the second fastest man in terms of elapsed days, in fact he already was, the second fastest man in terms of elapsed days to reach uh, 50 test wickets, he was the third fastest to reach 100 test wickets, he's now at 140 test wickets at under 22, the only man who took 50 wickets in test cricket faster than him was your good self, 113 days. Thanks for that, thanks for throwing that in. (laughs) Uh, No, sensational, and Look, his ability to... You don't have to swing the ball big time. You don't have to swing it um, eight feet and, and seam it big time. He just is around the money all the time. And if there's something in the wicket... Like the Glenn McGrath, the landing on a 10-cent piece. Something, or... If there's something in the wicket, he's got the seam pointing uh, towards slip or the seam pointing back in. And that's how it lands. Mm. So, and he bowled... Well, the ball he got many on. And, and many's not a great batsman, but many played... Solid. A, Solid a nice, defence, yeah. A nice forward defence and looked like he had it well covered and the ball hit the deck and just seemed away beautifully and took the outside edge. Uh, Vaux just didn't do too much wrong. I reckon, it was, I think it was uh, Philander who got him. It might yeah, not first ball, yeah. But at the same time, he is uh, of watching cricket the last um, umpteen years, 15, 20 years. 
I would say Ryan Harris, Mats Philander and Jimmy Anderson, if there's mm-hmm. something in the conditions and they bowl that length, they don't bowl too fast, although Ryan Harris was capable of bowling pretty good speed, but they are they manipulate that ball as if they own the ball and their length is just cherry ripe um, to get a little bit of seam either way. They And, well, obviously Anderson swung the ball big time, but they are the three best and Philander has been out to Australia before, hasn't mm-hmm. done that well, but um, this time, obviously, He's had the, he was sensational in Perth, um, on a, and it was probably a bit harder for him over there. But in this in this particular innings, where he's taken, I think five for twenty five, five for twenty one, five for twenty one, yeah. he had the perfect conditions today for him. He took five for thirteen on debut in that match for Australia. Got rolled for forty seven. So he's uh he's done it before. That was his first ever day in Test cricket bowling Australia. Was it? Before oh, his first bowl, first bowling display in Test cricket, routing Australia yeah. for forty seven. And he so. just kept getting wicket after yeah. wicket after yeah. so quickly. And then I think he carried an injury for a little while. And they they left him out, but he's back in town and and he's strong and he's right. Well, at yeah, it's, so. it's hundred. It took, he got to hundred Test wickets in eighteen Test matches, and the only players that have done it quicker or in a roundabout that time are the Demon, Fred Spoffles was one no, you mentioned I think it was CB Turner back in the day Turner, but, but then you yeah, Clary Grimmett but then you're looking yeah. at guys like uh, Andy Roberts uh, Ravi Ashwin Wes from Hall. India Wes Hall was another yeah. one in and around that mark. Bill O'Reilly so. you're just you're just Ian, saying out great Ian yeah. Botham was another yeah. one in that mix so. and isn't it interesting we've mm. got this little moment in this test match where we've got number six and number seven Bavama how do you say his name? Bavuma. Bavuma, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, he's 30 not out, and DeCox, 25 not out. Mm-hmm. Um, our blokes can't turn it around. Our yeah. six and seven can't turn it around. That's no. why we've been weak. We're weak in the six and seven and spot. You spoke about England, what they're doing at the moment. They made 537, and they're uh, six, seven, and eight, I think, <laughs> made. I think six made 124, seven made 146, and eight made 48 not out. So, For the, for the people out there who have given up on Australia... Um, I'll, I'll rephrase how the game, if the game had have gone this way, we get put in on a green top and we fight really hard and make 285 and then the opposition bat on a better wicket and they make 385. You're only 100 behind. Yeah, um, but, so, it, but if it's 85 to 185, you feel like you're further behind, but you're not. But so. you're not. Mm. So this is a really crucial. If we can knock them over for about 200, and they, we're only 120 behind, mm. and then we bat well in the second innings. A bit of sun comes out. I think mm-hmm. the journalist before said, do you get a bit of sun down there? And But the way the luck's going against us, mm. it, it, might, it might stay overcast for the whole test match. So a lead of 100 will be mega. Yeah. Um, but if, if the sun comes out and we get good batting conditions in our second innings and we can find some blokes and make some runs, you know, Davey Warner. People have a go at Davey Warner today for a loose shot, but that's how he plays. Mm. He likes to get on top of – he's a dominator, yeah. He got a cherry pie ball, mm. um, and people play it was a shocking shot, and he should have shown a bit more discipline because we were sent mm. in. But at the same time, he wants to dominate the bowls. That's the way he's played, and he's done it so well. So you got to um, live by the sword, die by the sword. It's 5 for 163. The lead is 78. We've only got a few overs left in the day. One wicket before stumps would be pivotal for Australia. We might not get much play tomorrow, but if we can just settle on that, have them six down, be into the tail, then uh, that all of a sudden makes it interesting. But Quinton de Kock, 26 not out. Bavuma, 32 not out. Lead of 78 as it stands at the moment. We're into the last three to four overs of the day. Three wickets to Mitchell Stark. Two wickets to Josh Hazelwood, including the prized 
double wickets he got, actually, and Hashim Amlar and Faf Duplessis was really significant. Uh, Quinton de Kock just leaving one alone outside off stump. Joe Many none for 47 on debut also for those listening around South Australia. He's had a couple of chances. He's beaten the bat a few times, but hasn't looked enormously threatening, it must be said. But plenty of opportunities left uh, for him. Uh, you are listening to Stumps, Darren Parkin with Rodney Hogg. Yes, welcome to Stumps. Great to have your company on the program. Darren Parkin here with Rodney Hogg sitting in for Move You. So one fast bowler for another. We're into the final three overs of the day's play. South Africa are five for 163. Bavuma 32 not out. Quinton de Kock 26 not out. But the story of the day was Australia being routed for 85. Vernon Philander five wickets. Steve Smith 48 not out. The only line of resistance in what was another dark day with the bat for Australia. They've been working hard on the back of Mitchell Stark and Josh Hazelwood. 78 runs behind, five wickets in hand. Test match not over, but certainly South Africa giving themselves a massive advantage in Australia, setting themselves a huge mountain to climb after a diabolical performance with the bat. Uh, big appeal for caught behind two deliveries ago, but Bavuma's bat hitting the ground on the way through. And not out. He now works one into the leg side off his pads for a single. And he moves to 33, not out. Uh, Wayne Phillips, a former Australian keeper and batsman, joins us on the program. Always great to talk all things cricket with him. And, Wayne, thanks for your time. Always a pleasure, guys. Good to chat. Now, um, obviously, you've got Hoggy here uh, with us as well. What are your thoughts on it? I mean, I guess uh, there's all this talk for a number of uh, months and, and weeks in regards to Australia's brittle batting lineup, and I guess that all came home to roost again. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? I was, you know, so disappointed. I mean, if you look at Australia's performances over the last... Well, they've lost nine games in a row, Australia. Mm. And it's, uh, you know, it's getting to the stage where, for goodness sake, we need... So we need uh, we need something to hearten us a little bit. I mean, it's been horrid, and it just continues. And yeah, as you mentioned in the intro, there 85 bowled out today down there at uh, Bell Reef. So it is it's it's less than pleasant. I promise you. Sorry, Wayne. Uh, Merv couldn't make it today, so <laughs> you've got to talk to me. Unfortunately. It's uh, taken the gloss off it to a certain extent. Yeah. <laughs> they tell me you. They tell me you're brilliant up at uh, the Carbine Club in PNG. You are absolutely brilliant, which is normal, isn't it? That's that's just how you operate, isn't it? Only brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rodney Malcolm, nice to chat. Hey, traveller. Yeah. What do you think with that now, bowling group? Yeah. Yeah. We'll get there. We'll get. We'll talk a bit of cricket in a moment. Um, <laughs> we had a bit of a green top this morning. Now you're a, you're an attacking batsman. Um, did you readjust yourself a little bit when you had to go out and bat and say there was a fair bit in the wicket and I was moving around? What did you do? Did you do something different as a batsman? I, yeah, very much. You, you would make sure that your game was set for the tone of, of the situation that you're, that you're encompassing. And, um, you know, I, I just think you know, I, I get frustrated. You're allowed to defend in Test Match Cricket. <laughs> that fifth day and a capital T, that's... That's what it was about—that protection of that wicket—and I just—it it looks as though they've just lost a bit of belief in that, and uh, they've got to play shots. I, I was disappointed with Dave Warner's, but I heard you say, "Live by the sword, die by the sword." But gee, I'd love for him to let that go um, and not try and hit it before, just in case, and still be there at uh, half past two and, and be able to hit that one before when he's forty-seven not out, rather than when he's uh, one not out. 
Well, you played a similar type of game, and obviously you wanted to get on top of the uh, bowler, but at the same time, if there's a bit of greenness in the wicket, you want to just have a little bit of a look to see what sort of a pace it's coming off at and that sort of thing, don't you? Yeah, and and the best place I always found to do that was up the other end. Uh, <laughs> you didn't want to be on strike when it was zinging around. So, um, yeah, you know that ability to, uh, to 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 get off strike and to move off strike and get a real feel for what was happening out there in the middle. That I thought that was really important, and it just doesn't look as though that's uh, strong in the criteria for uh, that top order at the minute. Big day for South Australian cricket with Callum Ferguson making his debut and Joe Many. Um, are they about five or six years too late with, or not too late, but are they a bit five or six years late with Callum Ferguson's selection? Oh, probably not. I mean, if you look, you know, statistically, probably, but when you consider what he's been through, I think it's a couple of knee reconstructions and a shoulder pop as well. Um, they needed to make sure that he was right and ready to go. And then, you know, he threatened that and then popped another knee and then threatened that and did a shoulder. And, you know, so all of those things have just clouded the uh, selection uh, for him. Uh, he's a genuine talent. There's no question about that. And, uh, you know, the, I think genuinely deserving of the opportunity. But, um, yeah, it just took a little bit longer because of, I think, of that injury situation, mate. Chad Sayers and, and Joe Many have, have been since uh, formed a fantastic partnership for South Australia, and their figures are very, very similar. Uh, Chad, 46 first-class games, 184 wickets at 23, and Joe, 43 games at 161 at 26. Did you feel that um, Joe would be your first pick, or would you go for Chad? I know that's... Um, you just didn't feel that Joe doesn't take the ball away from the right-hander, and Chad does, um, but their figures are very similar. Yeah, they are, and very good. And I think what they were looking for, the Australian selectors were looking for that 140, 144, 145 Ks. That was what they were looking for. And, and Joe delivers that a bit stronger than uh, Chad. Yeah, and that's not Chad's strength. That control and, as you mentioned, Hoggy, that ability to take it away is, is such a, such an asset. But they were so keen to have, you know, they, they've sort of sent that benchmark at 140. You need to be at least that uh, to be uh, genuinely considered. But... I would think now they'll be looking very strongly at Chad with his control, and that's that's going to get a wicket. So uh, it might be time to have a squeeze at him. Well, that one forty cuts us both out, doesn't it? We won't be uh, representing Australia with a ball <laughs> because we. I know. Well, you never got up to one forty, so you're finished as a. Now the keeper batting. I won't let you answer that one because it wasn't really a question. It was just. A, it was just someone being a smart ass on radio. Yeah, I, was very, I was very keen to contribute to the conversation. Though. Look, um, uh, well, go on. I'll give you the right of reply. Um, um, England have made a big decision and it's made them look bloody strong in the fact that Bairstow's not the greatest keeper on the planet, but um, the fact he can bat an average 41, he's made them really strong in that middle order. Um, we're not getting much out of our keeper at the moment and because six and seven just seem to be knocked over. So do we go back to Matty Wade? You, you were a keeper batsman and played for Australia. Um, do we go back to Matty Wade to just strengthen that middle part of Australian cricket? I mean, that, that's the... Uh, look, uh, I, I think Peter Neville is the, the best glove man. That, that mm-hmm. You know, if you look at that part of the role, he's, he does that such, such a terrific job. But um, th- that's the thing. They're asking so, so much more of Pete Neville with the blade because of the lack of contribution from one through six. So they're thinking, do we need some more at seven? Well, I, I, I think that's a flawed way of picking a side, needing to get that contribution out of seven 
when you've got six specialist batsmen, surely that's their specific role is to get those numbers up. So anything you get from seven with the gloves is going to be a bonus, but I don't know that you need it as your prime um, characteristic for being selected. Who was the best keeper in Australia at the time when you got the nod to keep? Apart from me? <laughs> well, you were a batting keeper, Wayne. Yeah, well, I, I mean, the, the guy who got the gloves, and it was on the, the West Indies, you know, Rod Marsh finished. Woolley. And they picked, the, they picked the Australian team to go to the West Indies, and, and Roger Woolley had it. Yep. And uh, unfortunately yep. for Roger, he, he, uh, he broke a finger uh, in the, the, uh, the game in Antigua, and, uh, and as a result, someone else had to do it, and, and I got the gloves, and uh, yeah, it was... Uh, um, I, I ended up with the role, so yeah. From a, from Roger's point of view, it was such a it was a tragedy for him to, 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 to bugger the finger as he did in that game. Well, it was a tragedy for him, but it wasn't a tragedy for you. <laughs> were you hitting balls? From, were you hitting balls from prior to the game? Were you? <laughs> um, the, we've got the day night coming up at the Adelaide Oval again. Are you expecting crowds of full of South Africans are playing fantastic cricket? Um, so there might be a lot of South, South Africans coming to watch South Africa win in, in Adelaide. Are we expecting crowds of 50,000 each day? Oh, they'll be massive, the crowds. Yeah, I mean, it's, the inter- it's not just the game of cricket, Hoggy. It's, uh, it is the event of that day night at the Adelaide Oval. People have embraced the Adelaide Oval so well, and it is fantastic. They enjoy going along. They'll see some terrific entertainment, but the food, the company, the um, maybe you can get a cool one later in the day, that sort of thing. I mean, it is just a tremendous environment for what promised to be a, a terrific... Um, maybe the cricket, uh, well, that, that's, uh, that's, that's almost a byproduct of what it is for, those, uh, for that scheduled event there at the Adelaide Oval. Yeah, and numbers are going to be massive again, and we're expecting a, 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 a very, very positive environment for all involved. Well, when you say the company, what are quite a few Victorians going over, are they? <laughs> I'm, well, I'm, uh, I'm certainly not aware of that. I'll, I'll, let, uh, I'll let the people know at the border, yeah, if that's the case. <laughs> Two balls left in the day's play. South Africa, five for 170. Obviously, Australia made the decision in this test match not to select an all-rounder with uh, Mitch Marsh making way for Cal Ferguson. Was that sort of something that was overdue, or do you feel we should be picking an all-rounder, we just don't have one good enough? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, if, if you've got that, that ability to have one, and, and Australian cricket has always had that, that performing all-rounder and it's been a terrific asset, I just think Mitch's form has, you know, just not quite been right in either facet to, uh, to, you know, to make yourself completely, um, uh, you know, to, to command that selection in that position. So that, that was always going to be a challenge. They've now made the decision. They didn't need it there because of those conditions three pace and a little bit of spin from Nathan Lyon, but they expected that specialist top six to get the numbers, and that's where it was the challenge, I think. So it didn't surprise me at all that the decision was made there that Mitch was left out. We'll just stay with this last ball for a moment here. South Africa, five for 171. Final ball of the day's play. They lead by 86. It will be delivered by Mitchell Stark to Bavuma, who is 38, not out. Quinton de Kock is 28, not out. So Stark angles it in, left alone by Bavuma. So that will be it for the day. Uh, how do you see it? I mean, 86 runs is a deficit. What is manageable for Australia? I mean, it's likely to rain for a fair bit of tomorrow, but when they next get out there, what is a deficit that is manageable? I mean, it's 86 now. Is it anything under 140, 150? Oh, no, no. I mean, that, that's, that's really tough to put a clinical number on mm. it. I mean, what, they'll, what they need, you know, we don't know what the conditions are going to be in the next few days. If it, uh, if it clears up, well, then you can start to get a few. The track will start to settle down. We try and find some confidence in that top order and build a partnership. 
that might happen. Well, it might stay green, it might stay murky, and then the, the South Africans will have the chance again with another new ball to get into that fragile and, uh, and fractured top order. So it's hard to put a specific number uh, just dependent so much on the conditions that we get down there at Tipper. They might uh, they might declare, seeing they've got a, a they knocked us over for eighty five. They've got a lead of eighty six. They probably think that's enough. <laughs> and what do you think? And get into Adelaide a couple of days earlier and get down to Hi- get to Hindley Street and get up to a bit of mischief yeah. <laughs> and search for a Victorian for good company. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> Wayne, thank you very much for your time. We uh, appreciate it and uh, look forward to you uh, catching up with Hoggy perhaps at the Adelaide Test. Oh, can't wait for that. Wayne Phillips joining us uh, there. Uh, I can't imagine, I know we've got a lot of, uh, what would you think, if you were going to go to South Australia a couple of days earlier, what would be the main reason? Uh, White wine, I would have thought. Barossa, yeah. Uh, my days of Hindley Street are gone, so it's <laughs> basically white wine, I would have thought. <laughs> Margin is 86 at the end of the day, so Australia all out for 85. Uh, Steve Smith clearly the top scorer at 48, not out. Vernon Philander took 5 for 21, 3 for 41 to uh, Kyle Abbott, who came in to replace uh, Dale Stain. And in reply, South Africa, 5 for 171. Hashim Amla was out for 47. You've got Bavuma, 38, not out. You've got uh, Quinton de Kock, 28, not out. And uh, three wickets to Mitchell Stark, two to Josh Hazelwood, Hoggy. And give Steve Smith... We Absolutely. We haven't mentioned him. He fought really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, the spotlight was on him into this game yep. with his captaincy and obviously the batting. Um, and he fought really hard and got a brilliant little 48, not out. Just couldn't find anybody to support him. And just a quick one, not blaming the tail, but I did hear a lot of commentators say, because obviously the batsmen have failed, the tail hasn't failed. But I found it strange when Hazelwood, Stark, Lyon came out to the crease. They were driving from the first ball. They were just smacking boundaries. I'm like, wouldn't you sit there and go, we're seven for 60, the captain's 45, not out. I'm just going to bat and let him score the runs. Yeah, well, you'd like to. Not um, then just, they all nicked out, I think, playing flamboyant Which drives. was unusual for yeah. Lyon. Lyon doesn't <laughs> yeah. play like that. And it's not their fault. It's a batsman's fault, but I would have thought... Yeah. Yeah. But the, Similar to what we talk about with you know culture and everyone being on the same page in the team, I would have thought everyone would have understood in that situation that we're in trouble, I'll survive, and let him score the runs as a recognised well, batsman. I, I think you'll find that uh, Mitchell Stark's career has been based on he'll come out and just go wham, wham, wham. Yeah. If it works, it works. If it doesn't work, it doesn't mm. work. So he's not a defensive mm-hmm. type player. And I think you let's just take the spotlight off yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it was interesting you do say that because that was uncharacteristic for Nathan Lyon. He never ever, he usually just hangs around. He's got some uh, one runs off mm. 50 delivery type yeah, yeah, innings. Yeah, yeah. So it was an unusual f- one for him. And Hazelwood, you know, um, sometimes when there's a run on and, and um, you do, do a lot of work as a bowler mm. and then you're expected to hang around with the bat too, you just, it just doesn't happen that way sometimes. But I, I hear what you're saying. We'll get to a break. We'll head to India after this for an update on that test. You're listening to Stumps. Knocks him over with pace, real pace. You're listening to Stumps. Welcome back to Stumps. We'll head to India in just a moment. Speak to Shamya Dasgupta from Wisden Cricket in India. They've uh, 
Bills the road, and that's the result. England 537 with centuries to Joe Root, Moen Ali, and Ben Stokes. And India 7 for 425 with centuries to Murali Vijay and uh, Pujaro, batted very well in Australia when they were out here last summer, uh, Hoggy. And what was a really high scoring series from memory in that one as well? I think it was India's inability to take wickets that cost them in that series. No problems making runs, but you like the balance in the England team before we have a chat to uh, Shami. You like what they've done with obviously Bearstow, but having Stokes back in that team? Oh, well, they've been... Um, I, I don't know where Anderson is at the moment. I think he must be out injured because mm. he hasn't gone away. No, he's injured, correct. Yeah. So they've got Broad, Wokes and Stokes as three quicks mm-hmm. and two of those can bat, Stokes and Wokes can bat. Then you've got the, the leggy uh, Rashid. Um, you've got Ali, mm-hmm. um, who's, let's see, by office. And then yeah. you've got the um, left-arm orthodox in Anshra. Mm. So the, the captain's got a heap of options. At the same time, it mm. didn't do him any good because <laughs> India's, India's made nine million runs. So, so, but I do like the look of it when you get on a normal pitch. Mm. Um, that's just, that, that to me, is the perfect side. He's got a leggy, mm. an off, a right-arm offy, left-arm orthodox, and three quicks. Yeah, that's absolutely. That's as good as it And gets. he bats to about nine. So. Yeah, and he bats nine. Yeah. So that is a very, very strong in. Uh, England-looking side, very strong. Shami Gupta joins us from Wisden Cricket uh, in India. Thanks very much for your time. Thanks for having me. We do look uh, headed for a draw, you would, you would seem. It's been a, a high-scoring affair. Well, you never know, actually, because um, this pitch hasn't quite behaved the way you would expect it to. You know, everyone's been talking about how it's going to crack, start cracking and crumbling, but it's not quite happened yet, has it? So, if it does, between now and the end of the match, then, um, you know, even a, even a small target might be difficult to get. Of course, a draw seems the likeliest result uh, because I don't think England will be confident enough of, you know, they'll try to score a safe total before they, they, sorry, if they get a chance to declare and give India a chance to bat. But, um, you know, uh, if, if it crumbles with those three spinners and even if, you know, they might not be Graham Swan and Monty Panesar, uh, it could get tough for India towards the end if they're chasing about 150, 200. If, that, if it comes to that, we don't know where we're going to end up. But um, yeah, I'll draw the likeliest result. But if the pitch crumbles as people had predicted it would, then who knows? Shamia, Rodney Hogg here. How are you going? Hi, Rodney. How are you doing? Yeah, pretty good, thanks. Um, I'm a big fan of Yadav, the fast bowler. And that first day, the pitch looked a bit of a green top. It had a bit of green grass, and it was at fool's grass, or or not? Well, it 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 was it was swinging a bit, wasn't it? Um, in the air a bit more, I guess. Yadav gets pretty decent pace by Indian standards. I suppose you can't compare him to some of the faster Australian bowlers, but he gets a fair bit of pace, which Mohammad Shami also does. Um, you know, I, I wonder how things would have been if. Some of the catches had been taken. But, um, you know, it, it, it did swing around a bit. And, um, you know, Yadav has over the years, I, I don't know if you followed him for a, for a few years, he's yep. gotten a bit more consistent with his lines than he used to be. He used to really spray it around and probably focus a bit too much on his pace. Oh, uh, I, earlier on, he's, he's found a bit more control over the years, especially in recent times. So, um, yeah, he, he did trouble the English batsman early on, didn't he? Which is... Which is quite an achievement, uh, I mean, for, for an Indian fast bowler in India to, to trouble the English top order. 
I thought he's um, given conditions. I think that guy will take a lot of wickets, but obviously it's a bit harder in England. You've got uh, you've got Ashwin as a megastar, so you're going to prepare wickets normally that spin. Who was dropped? Was 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 Joe Root uh, put down at all? Who the, you dropped a few catches? It must have been this score of five thirty seven. It might it could have been a lot uh, less than that, couldn't it? Well, uh, the initial drops didn't hurt too much, I guess. Uh, you know, when Alistair Cook and uh, Hasib Hamid were dropped a few times, uh, twice of Yadav and once of Shami, uh, those those didn't hurt too much because uh, they didn't go on to score too many runs. Mm. But Ben Stokes was dropped a few times. I think that, you know, Stokes certainly provided a bit of impetus towards the end. Difference between, say, 470, 480 and uh, 4, 530 or whatever England got in the end. So uh, he was dropped a couple of times by Ridhiman Saha behind the stump, behind the wickets, which, which certainly wasn't good. And both those were off from Asia Adav as well. So, um, you know, if you drop about five or six catches in an innings, it's going to hurt. Um, the, the initial ones didn't hurt this time, but uh, the later ones certainly did. Stokes is an attacking batsman who can change the sort of uh, momentum or, or the initiative, if you want, you know, with, with the pace at which he can score and, and the sort of effect he has on the morale of the opposition. He can demoralize fielding units with the pace at which he scores. Is this a four-test series? It's a five-test series. Five-test series. Oh, right. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, because I, I reckon that England side's as good as English side, even though they've just been uh, bangers and mash have just beaten them recently. Um, I reckon this is a really strong England side. So if India can really wipe England this series, let's say they win 3-0 or something like that, and maintain that top position, then Australia come along and you can wipe Australia. India will be so far on top of the, uh, of the, uh, of the ladder for uh, Test cricket. Well, Australia certainly don't look very Australia-like right now, do they? Um, they're, they're really stuttering against South Africa right now. Um, and, and the last time they came to India, the last few times they've come to the subcontinent, they have really suffered, which is um, a bit of a strange. I, I, I don't, I've obviously got no idea why that's the case. Maybe it's the quality of the players uh, they have, and who knows if the focus on 2020 cricket and limited overs cricket is hurting them. Certainly some of their batting uh, has looked iffy. The bowling seems all right, but as far as England are concerned, certainly, uh, you know, Alistair Cook and a few others, they're, they, they're very focused on test cricket. And, um, you know, um, uh, India India have been good off late, especially at home. I mean, we shouldn't really count West Indies the way they are right now. That's, that's pretty much the only series win they've had overseas. But, uh, you know, if the pitches change from here on, I'm sure uh, they won't all they won't all be such batting beauties. Some of the pitches will be uh, a bit more favourable for people like Arashwin and even Ravindra Jadeja and Amit Mishra and so on. So you know, I, I'd still think India are the favourites you know, on a tour like this. Um, you know, Rodney, I I don't really know offhand if you've played a five test series, but playing five tests in India would be would be tough. India is not the easiest place to tour. So um, you know, over five tests, I'm sure. Things won't always be go swimmingly for England. So I, I still say that India are the favourites for the series. And if, if they do win, I don't know about 3-0, whatever they might win by, I certainly think that Australia are going to have a really tough time in India. I'm um, sure they're going to have a, a tough time uh, because I, I feel that you're going to prepare very... You, you'd be silly not to prepare <laughs> real spinners' wickets because we can't play spin. So <laughs> I'm assuming those wickets are going to take a fair bit of turn when we get there. Yeah, it should. Logically, it should. I mean, right now, 
don't mean to be offensive, but mm-hmm. Australia don't seem like they can play pace either in, mm-hmm. in England. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not, not, going, not going very well for Australia. But uh, yeah, yeah, logically you would prepare a spinning, spinning tracks for any visiting team. I mean, leave, leave out, say, a Sri Lanka or someone. But you would uh, prepare spinning pitches, which this one hasn't been so far. So, um, yeah, I, I, would, I would get that. I mean, Australia won't be preparing spinning pitches for India if India were visiting. <laughs> no, that's a, it's, a, it's a very good point. Xavi Arrow, we do have to, um, we do have to uh, get to a break, but thank you very much for, for joining us. Hopefully we can speak All to right. you again as the Test Series rolls along. Uh, we'll... Uh, it should be interesting to see how this one pans out. Looks like a draw, but still all results, and great to see a five-test series as well. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Shamia Desgupta there Thank from you. Wisden Cricket in India. Uh, we'll have a chat uh, to Trent Copeland uh, next. We'll also uh, hear from uh, Dutchy Holland as well, the Victorian spinner as well. Plenty more to come as part of Stumps. We'll be back with uh, plenty more after this. Listening to Stumps. Welcome back. Almost uh, out of time on Stumps. A bit of sports overdrive next, and then we'll head to the A League, Melbourne Victory, and the Western Sydney Wanderers. But John Holland, uh, Australian spinner from the Tour of Sri Lanka, and going beautifully with 11 wickets across the Shield season for Victoria, joins us on the program. John, thanks for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Must be uh, happy with the uh, with the form overall. Have you had a chance to uh, to watch the progress of the Australians? I guess that would be somewhat sobering. Yeah, I'm just I've just uh, turned it on actually. I'm down at the uh, Dingley Sports Club, so we're flicking between the cricket and the races, and <laughs> uh, they're not going too well, which is a little bit disappointing for Australian cricket. But you know, they're still in with a chance. They're five down. I think you know they bat well in the second innings. Anything can happen. John, what are you doing different? Uh, are you doing something different from last year to now with your bowling? Uh, uh, obviously, the experience of the Sri Lankan tour and hanging around uh, Harris. Uh, what are you doing that might be different? Uh, I'm not doing a, a lot different, but um, just being down over in Sri Lanka and trying to adapt to those conditions. We worked on a few things with like lower arm and, and bowling a bit quicker and into the wicket. And I brought a few of those things back here and, and worked on them during the pre-season. And, and it just adds a bit more variety to my bowling. And even though the conditions are different here, they still you know, just add something different. A little bit of good news for you. The Sydney Cricket Ground, uh, I think because of their lack of fast bowlers in Sydney, they've just decided to prepare spinning wickets at the SCG. So that might be a nice one for you. When do we, we go up there in a couple of weeks' time, I think? Yeah, no, we're going uh, next Wednesday. The game starts Thursday. Um, looking at the highlights, it was you know wicket was doing a fair bit, um, some foot marks, and even even the middle of the wicket when um, they were bowling to that, there was a bit of puff of dust and, and that sort of stuff coming up. So hopefully it's the same. I think um, Paddy Cummins is coming back in for them, so they might roll up, try and roll up something a little bit different. But hopefully um, we get up there and, and the wicket's similar to what they played on last game, and you know we can get a couple of spinners in and Maxi and Farwood and, and hopefully go alright. Well, that's great for you because, um, you know, to start the season off so well at the moment and go up and support your figures with some more good figures would be uh, fantastic. And especially uh, the Sydney Test match, they'll certainly uh, be looking for a bit of variety, the Aussie selectors. So there's a Test match in Sydney you can be looking at and then there's a tour to India. So uh, the things are looking pretty rosy this season for you. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Um, you know, playing with Victoria, we've had some... Um some good success the first two games and you know with Scotty Bolan and, and Chris Tremaine and, and Sid's in the first game we didn't have him in the second but 
they're bowling beautifully, and you know they're, they're a level above above other quicks around around the place. And to to put the uh, opposition on the back foot like they do, and, and get a few early wickets, it makes my job a lot easier with um, with coming on and, and bowling when the team's under pressure. And, and the same goes with our batters. Uh, Whitey's in great form, and Marcus Harris coming over from WA. We've, we've been able to put a lot of runs on the board, and. You know, it allows us to have attacking fields and, and bowl with the batsman under pressure, which which has really helped me with the first two games so far this season. Can you take us back to that tour of Sri Lanka? I mean, as I understand it, was the timeline something like you received a phone call one day, were on the plane the next day, and then played in the test match the day after that, or, or something along those lines? How, how much of a challenge was it, and what did you personally take from, from that experience? Oh, yeah, yeah, it was pretty difficult, um, like coming into a new team unfamiliar surroundings, um, different conditions, all that sort of thing. It was it was pretty difficult, but it was a great experience. Um, you know, I, I had to try and adapt pretty quickly. I didn't have much experience in the subcontinent. And, um, you know, it was, a, it, was a, it was a great experience. I learned a lot. And, I, you know, I had a great time. Obviously, every kid's dreams to play for Australia, and I got that opportunity, you know, and uh, my old man was over there, and it was, you know, I, had a, I had a great time. So... To bring some of that stuff I've learned back here, it's really helped me so far this season. And you know, I'd love I'd love another crack at the at the top level as, as most people would to try and compete against the best players around the world. So you know, hopefully I can keep continuing the form I'm in at the moment and, and take some wickets. We keep hearing uh, that Aussies can't play spin that well, and we've shown we don't play it that well. And we hear that Ferguson and Hanscom are brilliant players of spin. What what are your thoughts on those two guys? Oh look, I think um, you know Pete Hanscom is you know he's, I bowl to him a lot in the nets and he's a great player, a great player of spin. He, he goes back, he come, he comes down the wicket, he, um, he looks to attack, he can score off spin. But the big thing, like people, you know they they hang a bit of a bit of crap on our on our batsmen against spin, but we're just not exposed to the conditions that you get over in the subcontinent. Um, you know it's easy to run down the wicket and hit a bloke over the top in Australian conditions because the pitches aren't turning. So it's, it's a different game when you get over there. And I think the more our batsmen are exposed into those conditions, that they're going to improve and they're going to have things to work on and, and hopefully they get better. And if we stick with them and, and back them in, I, I've got no doubt that they will get better and, and their success will come over in the subcontinent. Obviously, different conditions in Sri Lanka, but I, I felt your, you know, the guys were so quick to try and sweep you. Here in Australia, the Australian batsmen don't sweep anywhere near as much as they used to. I don't feel you. You might disagree with that. Oh yeah, look, look Alex um, Ross from South Australia. He's a, he's a great sweeper. Um, I, I bowled against him a few times, and it, and I find it really difficult to bowl to people who sweep. Um, where we are, you know, in, in Australia. Balls that they're sweeping, we're defending, which is bringing in wickets, you know, blokes in close and, and slip and, and caught and bowl LBWs, all that sort of thing. So, yeah, maybe we could try and uh, you know, sweep a little bit more, but it's just going outside your game plan, really. If, you, if you're not a sweeper, then you, you don't sweep. So maybe it's something that the, the batsman can work on. Um, but, yeah, definitely over there. The opposition did sweep a lot. But that allows you to dominate a little bit more if blokes aren't sweeping you. Anyway, having said that, um, a lot of, not so much criticism, Matty Wade um, had a good uh, good 12 months with the Baggy Green, hasn't played for the Baggy Green for a while. How's he at the moment with his keeping? I think he's improved a lot. Um, no, he's, he's one of the hardest workers in our team, both batting and wicket-keeping. 
Um, you know, he went over to the West Indies and, and Sri Lanka in the one-day stuff and, and kept really well. So well, I think, you know, it's not too far away for him. Um, he's, a, he's a great batter and he'd definitely fit in and probably make Mitch Marsh's job easier too. You could probably bat Wadey at six and Mitch at seven. So I think they, the selectors would definitely be looking at getting Matty Wade back in the, in the Australian colours. Yep, and there's um, obviously uh, the way the Australian are batting at the moment, and Cam White's performances are quite outstanding. Um, Cam, how you how do you feel at the moment? Cam White's place, um, even even for t- a recall to the Test team. Oh, I'd love to see Cam play in Test cricket for Australia. Um, you know, he's great around our team. He's a, he's a leader. He was he was a very successful captain of Victorian cricket. And you know, when I first came into the squad, he was the captain. He's helped me out a lot. I'd, I'd love to see him. He's batting beautifully. Keeps making runs under pressure. Um, you know, I think he knows his game so well that if he got the opportunity, I'm sure I've got no doubt he'd do very well playing Test cricket for Australia. Did you get a bit of a shock? Uh, the the Vicks have won the last two Shields, and we've won the first two games of the year. So the so around the rooms, there must be a bit of a buzz, and you know exactly what's going on. Did you get a bit of a shock in the Australian dressing rooms? Did you feel it was a little bit different in those rooms? Uh, yeah. I, um, I t- it's hard. It's hard to really to, to say, but you know, playing for Victoria is a completely different feel than what it was playing for Australia. Coming to a team where. You know, I, I haven't been there before. I don't really know the people that well. As Victoria, I spend just about every day with the blokes I'm playing with. You know, we love playing together. We love playing for Victoria, and, and we've had a lot of success, which, you know, when you're winning, everyone knows you're having a lot more fun than when you're losing. So um, to go over there and, and play in, in Sri Lanka and, you know, up against it and, and not playing very well was you know, a completely different feel to what I've experienced at Victoria. And Glenn Maxwell's bowling, Australia's desperately searching for an all-rounder and, and uh, might be Mitch Marsh when we're on uh, seeming wickets, but when we go to the subcontinent, we're, we're searching for that all-rounder. That's usually, that could be Glenn Maxwell. How's his bowling going? Oh, yeah, he's, well, everyone knows Max is a very talented cricketer with bat and ball in the field as well, so... Look, I have no doubt that he'd be able to perform at the, at the next level as a spinning all-rounder. Um, so, but I guess that's up to the Australian selectors and, and where they want to go with the team. And just as a final one for me, a fair bit of depth in that Victorian lineup. You look at guys that have battled to get games. I mean, Maxwell didn't play the first Shield game. Stoinis has obviously been one. Bobby Quiney uh, being another one in there. You've had Dan Christian sort of in and out of the side. You spoke about even Farwood Ahmed as another of the spinning options. So uh, obviously a lot of depth, but that also creates pressure for spots, which is going to bring the best out in you guys. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we've got a great squad down in Victoria. Um, Heaps of players, heaps of batting ability, bowling ability. Um, you know, we could there could be three or four blokes that have got a case that they should be playing in the um, in the Shield team at the moment. So it does put a lot of pressure on on the players in the team, but that also makes everyone work a little bit harder and and try and con- con- contain their spot in the team. So you know, it's a great thing in Victoria. Um, you know, we've won two Shields in a row. We're going for that third Shield that no Victorian team's ever done, and we you know we're going to press really hard for that. And, and hopefully we can get there. And lucky last, uh, we always ask these questions of players that have recently played for Australia. How much contact and, and conversation is there from selectors in regards to, obviously, you've come home from Sri Lanka. Uh, they, they're more likely to play one spinner in Australia, which is likely to be Nathan Lyon, as we know. But is there regular conversations after Shield games where they're like, that's exactly what we want to see. We want more of this. We want less of this. Uh, we think you're, you're in the frame. You're next in line, that sort of stuff. Do you get those conversations? 
Oh, look, I'd love to say that I, I was getting those sort of conversations. <laughs> but, uh, since I left Sri Lanka, I hadn't spoken to anyone. And then when they picked the first, the first test team, Rod Marsh rang me when it must have just been coincidence that we were out warming up for the Shield stuff. I don't know if he knew that or not, and he <laughs> left a voicemail. So, um, you know, I haven't spoken to Rod or anyone in regards to what's happening in the Australian team and where I stand, but, you know, that's the way they operate, and I'll just continue to play for Victoria, and you know, I really enjoy playing for Victoria, and I'm loving the start of the season that we've had, so I'll just keep doing that. Absolutely. I think there, there might be some opportunities ahead, though. Uh, John, thank you very much for your time. Great start to the season, and uh, hopefully it continues on. No worries. Thanks for having us. John Holland there. It's been a sadly common theme, that's of uh, players not necessarily getting contacted. But, Hoggy, you made the observation before we went on air today that uh, last year's boxing, uh, last year's Hobart test could not have been a bigger contrast to what we've seen today in regards to the way the day's played out. Yeah, no. Was it three um, for 438 last year? You can't predict it, can yeah. you? Uh, three wickets to 15 yeah, yeah. in a day. So. And I think Marshy was about 129 not out and... Vogue just made a double sense. 200 yeah. and uh, Vogue just gets a first bull duck today. Yeah, so the, but the attack last mm. year was, was crap. The West Indian well, the West yeah, yeah. junk. Mm. So this is real test cricket now. So that's what you want. The game's got to have real test cricket. But, but we you, don't you, stack up to that, do we, at the moment? Well, we're not quite stacking up to that, no. No. We, we've got a pre, pretty average. So we're just trying to mix and match and try and find things, and we're not finding too much at the moment. So that's just how it is. You can't be a great side all the time. No, you can't. But you're a bit shocked by the fact that sometimes how, how test cricket, how uh, selectors get in touch with you also. Yeah, you it just surprises me. I just, I just think that if you're playing for Australia and you've just played for Australia, I think there should be emails or texts or phone calls saying, what, everyone watching your Shield games and saying, this is what we want you to do, well done on doing this, do more of this, do less of that. And that's how you get back into the Australian team. I just don't think it's a case of, you're in the Australian team, oh, now you're not and we're not talking to you anymore. Oh, surely you, they just so be people you've got to be in touch with, surely. So you think there's a knock on the door and your wife goes, oh, it's the chairman selectors, uh, Dasha, she wants just got to pick up the you. phone. We've got to ring John Holland when he's at home one day and say, I've looked at the video, I've seen how you played in that Shield game, you're not that far away. I don't think that's too hard, is it? Well, I think Rick Darling, yeah. he found out from a journo once, yeah. getting off a plane, I think it's mm. just been a case for years. And I, I thought it had improved. Mm. Yeah. But I think sometimes these days yeah. you might get an SMS. Thank you, Hoggy. This has been Stumps. We'll be back next week. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.